Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Danae Poth, and I'm very excited today because I have a guest joining me for today's episode, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation, and I can't wait to learn more about Read Speaker and all of the things that it has available for educators, for students, and, and so many more people out there that can be impacted by it. And so today, I have a guest, like I said, and my guest is Paul Stisser. And so first of all, Paul, welcome to the Thrive and EDU podcast. Thanks, Rochelle. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah. So I appreciate you taking the, the time to talk with me because as people who listen to my podcast know, I don't always have guests. So when I do, it's really exciting for me to engage in the conversation. Uh, I know a little bit about your background, but for people who are just joining in, first, it's most important to know who you are and what you do, what your role is with Read Speaker, which we will be talking about today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So first, I am a um, father of three. Um, been luckily married for 25 years um, to, to my wife. Um, during my time, I've been, um, let's say, involved in a lot of different educational initiatives. Um, my first career started off as a teacher, where I was a teacher for special education that specialized with students who were um, learning different and on the spectrum. When I left education, and I'll be very honest, it was from burnout, so there's nothing I respect more than teachers. Um, I couldn't hack it. I left and started working into the audio vertical. Um, and then from audio, doing a startup in app business with a company called Mobile Media. From Mobile Media, I went to work at a learning management system called Brightspace by D2 Well, where I headed up some of their mobile initiatives and mobile sales there. And from mobile media, I have been, uh, excuse me, from Brightspace, I then went to um, ReadSpeaker. And I've been at ReadSpeaker now for over 10 years, heading up the education initiatives and driving text-to-speech and universal design for learning. Wow. Well, you, <laughs> that's one thing, like, I really love hearing the background of people, especially when they're involved in working with technology or, you know, they haven't been involved in education or they've come from the business and now they're in the education space or the ed tech space, but you really have been in all aspects of it. And so you, you get it, like you understand what it's like for teachers who are looking for resources and for, you know, as a parent, what your students need, what your kids need, uh, families, the support that they need from schools. And then on the other side of it, of course, the ed tech space, understanding like what your needs are and then facilitating all those conversations. So that is awesome. You have a lot going on. You have a lot of experience. And so now I'm, I'm definitely going to be asking you a lot of questions uh, based on all of those different hats that you've worn and continue to wear in the work that you do. So I think first, besides knowing about you, we should probably let people know a little bit more about kind of an overview and we'll get more into exactly what Read Speaker is and what is offered. But if somebody said to you, you know, I only have a few, a few moments, could you tell me, I heard about Read Speaker, what is it, what does it do? I can promise you've heard us, meaning you've heard our voices somewhere from kiosks and banks to, um, um, to railway systems, to the initiatives that I've been really driving working is the Read Speaker integration into the e-learning or educational technology space. Often when you see that play or listen button, that is Read Speaker. Um, we may be rebranded, we may be part of a platform, but when a student comes in and presses click, listens, and it's dynamically audio being generated, 
nine times out of 10, that is probably Reed Speaker and the voices that we, that we um, offer into the, these verticals. Yeah, and you know, I am listening to you. I'm thinking, huh? Like all the places where I do hear, and just I would never would have made the connection that that was Reed Speaker. You know, some of those things, which there's a lot of things that we interact with just in our daily lives. I, I mean, I'm just going to say like artificial intelligence, for example. You don't realize, like, I don't know anything about AI. And you're like, oh, that's what's making my life easier. That's what's giving it that functionality that's leading to all of these benefits. And so, thanks for sharing a little bit about you know what it is, and so. Hopefully people, as they're listening, if they're more curious, they're going to the site, which anything that we discuss, if there's websites, links, anything like that, I will be sure to share those in the show notes to make sure that you can access those. So um, things that have been on my mind, especially in the last couple of years, I know, you know I teach full time. I'm a Spanish teacher. I've taught French. I teach a STEAM course. And you know I, I can't keep up with all the technology all the time. And there was one area that I really wanted to learn about a couple of years ago. Uh, because I was at a conference, actually, and we were having a conversation about, you know, accessibility and finding the right tools for all students and how important that is. And for teachers, you know, like you had mentioned burnout, too. And it's like there's so many things to keep up with and finding tools that have something to offer for everybody is important. And so for one of the questions, one of the many questions I have for you, but one that I'll start with is, you know, when we think about tools that are specifically designed for accommodations, uh, for, you know, a learning tool for everybody, you know, what, what do you see as the meaning behind that? Like, how should we understand that? So it's a great question. There's a lot of debate on that. So um, the question is, do you want to, to, to develop one and offer one quote unquote product for a group of individuals that you think, or do you also want to offer, let's say, a more inclusive design for more learners? Um, and I think what ReadSpeaker has done really well as, as an organization, we've offered systematic and ease of implementation of offering more accessibility or more inclusive learning for all. So um, I always like to talk about, um, you know, when we talk about inclusion and accessibility for all, there's all different levels of accessibility. There's accessibility for somebody with no vision. There, there's accessibility with somebody who um, could be hard of hearing. It could be somebody who is um, learning different or, um, to where consuming content and reading content is all different levels. So there's all different levels of accessibility. At ReadSpeaker, we believe in you know, um, accessibility, design, inclusive learning. That really has to be front and center You know, as we're looking to offer um, different ways, because the goal is for students to be successful. Um, and it's providing seamless tools um, for those students to be successful, course completion, and kind of level those playing fields. We know the, the playing field is not the same for all. So when we get into online learning, we have to assume that everybody has the equity of the internet and they can access it and they have a device. Okay, that's a hot topic already. Um, however, you know, when you're online learning and you're developing content that way um, and you're working with different types of delivery systems, unfortunately, it's something we can't assume, but it, it, but it is real important. When students are gaining access to online learning, you know, it's, it's always best for it to be more inclusive because we know a couple different things. One, not everybody's disclosing if they have a disability. So that already puts a group behind um, behind the curve right there. Second, they may not have the finances to be evaluated. 
sometimes they slip under because they're they're great listeners, but you know they could be poor readers. You may not recognize somebody has low vision. Um, and then also when it when we talk about inclusion and what we like to like, you know, the hot term is universal design for learning. As we get into that UDL, you have to ask yourselves in life how often. Now I'm going to be hopping on a flight and going to an educational conference on Sunday. I'm going to have a big bag. Right? My big bag I always talk about is where I need accessibility because I can't lift it up. It's that curb effect, curb cut. The curb cut is rolling on. I'm going to be using the elevator. These are all terms of accessibility. When we're talking about online learning and consuming content, that curb cut, that inclusive learning kind of levels the playing field for all and gives them the opportunity to be successful is no different as any other learner. And then you're more the expert than I am, but you know, your language learners, um, how complex it is. And we're seeing a lot of learning loss over the years, uh, mainly with English as a second language in consuming of content online. So when we talk about accessibility, it's um, there's never been a better time um, as more and more learners gain access to online learning across the board, but also as groups, we need to do a much better job of it. Wow, you made some really fantastic points there, and I was trying to keep a mental note of things to come back and ask you, but the, the one thing, the biggest piece that I take away from what you said, and it's kind of like one of those, you know, I wish I knew this years ago, and that's about like the number of students that need these different resources. And, you know, there were a lot of negative things that happened when we experienced you know, school closures in 2020. But I, I tried to see, you know, what are the things that we learned from it? And one of the things that we learned was that, you know, not all students had access yeah. to a device, let alone the internet. And not all students had, you know, the resources that they need to enable them to be successful. Whereas in the classroom, you know, we can have observations and we notice things, but being in that separate space, not necessarily being able to see that um, or you know, that vulnerability where maybe a student is struggling in an area and they don't want to say that to a teacher or it's not been observed enough that it is, you know, diagnosed and it's recognized. And so like, it, it's not easy to kind of account and accommodate for all of that. And so when you do have a system in place where you can identify and then you know what the resources are that are available and it's all housed in one space and you know everybody has access to it, that definitely changes things a lot. Uh, does it make it a perfect, like it's gonna work all the time? Well, no, because nothing is perfect, but it gives people that encouragement where they can say, oh yeah, you know what? This is what I need. And I see that this offers it. Okay, now I just got to make sure that like they have the access, they have that point to connect. Um, the, and the other piece too is like, you're right, as a language educator, you know, my students are building their language skills, but I also find, you know, they'll say to me, you're not teaching English. I'm like, no, I'm teaching you like all parts of the language. And, or they'll say, why do we have to do, you know, this like reading or listening and speaking? I say, because it's, you're constantly developing the skills and I want to help you to build those skills, not just in Spanish, of course, but that you can apply in all areas. And so finding the right resources for students is important. And I love that, you know, accessibility and you talk about UDL, which we could, we could spend, we could have a really long podcast episode with all of those topics. And, you know, I, I focused on the accessibility and, and going back a couple of years now, when we first noticed, you know, that divide where not everybody had the access. And so it brings another question to mind that I think, okay, so now we know people didn't have the access. So we 
hopefully solve that problem. But there are still barriers that are out there, I think, that that limit people or they prevent people from using some of these technologies that are available for, for students, uh, you know, like Read Speaker, for example, in this case that we're talking about. And do you have any idea as to why that is? Like why some barriers are so out there that people are like kind of holding back? Well, I think, I think it's the commitment to the different initiatives that a program may have. It could be also resources. Um, I think also it gets into the delivering of technology and how technology can be delivered, let's say, to the masses or in a UDL model. Um, you know, in a K-12 program, are they only going to support those students who have, let's say, an IEP with a assistive technology? So are they the only ones who are going to use it? Or is it going to be a universal design for learning model? to where, okay, they may not all have access to it, but we're gonna find a way to where if they wish to offer it, they could be offered and deliver that. And then you get into the different levels or those different tiers of, let's say, integrations. Um, those integrations can be impacted by a lot of different things. And I, and I deal with it and I talk about it. You talked a little bit about STEM content. How is STEM content going to be offered? Is it gonna be read? Is it gonna be accessible? Um, how is it going to be delivered? So we were in and look to drive those types of initiatives. And then you get into different things like is an, assess, uh, an assessment platform, is that accessible when you're bringing in, let's say, proctoring tools? So you have to have the integrity of the exam protected, but are you also able to provide those accommodations for it? So when you bring in those different mixes of technology and offerings, and availability, um, there are a lot of barriers. And then you can get into other things like iframes and, and different um, LTIs and how they work and they support. It's, you know, it's real important that you partner with organizations that are one, familiar with it, but two, I would say worked out those kinks to where if, you know, if you're only isolated to an iOS app and you're expected to do everything on it, the usability may not be there for beyond a couple students. However, if it's a UDL model and it's pushed out dynamically to all students, most likely there is a way to, you know, once again, use the term leveling the playing field to make the opportunity for all learners to be successful. And, and that's what our, once again, our end goal is. Yeah. And the, uh, the other thing too, is I think about like, you know, with some of these technologies, I mean, th there's barriers to, to everything because one, it comes down to time. Like, I don't have the time to figure this out. Two, you know, there's so many resources out there. I don't know where to begin. Three, then it comes back to time again as well. Or sometimes I think that, you know, there's, there's no, and you know this too, uh, there's no shortage of tools out there for whatever that you want and, and not just specific to education. I mean, there are some that cross over like this, you know, into the corporate world or wherever you may see it, not just in the classroom setting. Uh, but sometimes I think maybe one of those barriers could be like, you think that it's not applicable to you because you might say like, for me, I, I used to always say, you know, I'm just a Spanish teacher. I can't teach about this topic or I can't bring STEM in, for example. Uh, or you say, I'm just, or I can't. But with this, you know, I know that ReadSpeaker has more than just like the text-to-speech. Like there's, uh, there's other features that it has. But some people may just think, oh, well, it's for this purpose only. I don't really see that I can use it or I don't have learners that can benefit from it right now. But how is it something 
that everybody can benefit from? Like what are some of the other features and things that maybe people are not aware of? Well, so Reed Speaker, we are a Texas speech company and we are creating Texas speech for a lot of different really cool organizations out there. And we're creating branded voices and you know, that could be a, another topic. But when you get into the solutions that we offer, um, mainly when we're talking kind of the, the end user functionality, what we've seen mainly the, the data and the analytics that we received from the analytics that we do share with all of our customers, there's many tools that are being utilized just besides the text-to-speech. One of them is the translation tool. Um, we had a lot of um, users who maybe didn't have parents at home um, in the environment. And what they were doing is they were expected to participate in different types of discussions. Um, English wasn't their first language. So once again, barrier, complex. The ability for them to use the ReadSpeaker tool to translate it into, you know, um, it was Mandarin. Content was being translated dynamically into Mandarin, listening to it, then converting it back into English. And then the availability of the accuracy of the pronunciation, which helped prep them for the discussions. So they were a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, I was that learner that would always count, okay, I'm gonna be reading 17 students from here and I'm gonna practice my paragraph, all right? Different examples of how that was. And then somebody would get up and go to the bathroom and I'd be in trouble, you know, cause I was like, okay, I didn't practice it. I wasn't strong with it and that's it. The other thing that we provide is like a dictionary word lookup and that dictionary word lookup helps you with, you know, complex terminology and different examples of that nature. Um, and then probably the thing that we're seeing utilized most is what we describe as our learning preference. Learning preference is your ability to go in. And we, in our product, it's called plain text, but our, our, our team likes to describe it as the learning preference. You have that ability to go in and create the type of content and how you want it to be delivered. And what I mean by that is you can change the color of the font, the font size, the and um also the font, let's say you want an open dyslexic font that has anchors. All of a sudden, you're creating that unique learning preference for yourself. And then, of course, at a click of a button, you can press and listen to content. I'll give a real-world example during the pandemic. Um, my kids go to a great school. I'm not critiquing the content. But I can't tell you how many times the teacher, because it was a crazy time, snapped a picture of their content with their iPhone, and then they uploaded it into the, the environment that they were using. One, accessibility, um, nightmare. It's inaccessible. Uh, you know, the Office of Civil Rights nowadays probably would, but everybody, it was emergency learning, not online learning. My, my kids, after I looked at it, I'm like, what is going on here? The other thing that we do a lot with is um, supporting documents to where you can use an optical character recognition tools to OCR it. And then all of a sudden you're making that content more accessible. And then at a click of a button, you're taking that inaccessible content and then making it into a text that is readable. So that's a whole nother example. You know, and, and then you get into that learning preference again, inaccessible content, more accessible. And then you have the ability to, to adjust it and, and let's say tweak it the way that you learn best. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I laugh because as a language teacher, I do have my students read in class. And as a learner, I remember those days where you would go through and you would kind of try to figure it out. And my students love to do like the whole popcorn where they get to call on somebody 
or I will mix it up because it, I, I do, I get it. You, you are nervous when you're going to read, especially in a language class, but having these, this functionality that this offers where, you know, a student can have it read to them and they can hear and they can get practice where and when they need it and have that support. Uh, some of the things you bring up to, you know, like the, the font and the color, I've become more sensitive to that over the years because I've had students come and say to me, you know, I can't see in this color or this font is hard to read. So I am very sensitive to that. But sometimes I forget, of course, you know, we always make mistakes, but having that all within one system, one space where you have those different options, it's really amazing. And I, I love the fact too, that like the different languages, especially for some teachers, uh, I have some, some friends who teach in schools where, you know, like 70% of their student population is speaking, you know, not English. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's just like two or three other languages. I mean, it's a, a one friend she teaches in Canada. And I think there's like between 35 and 40 different languages spoken by the students who make up like that, you know, almost 70% of their population in their school. And as a Spanish teacher and a French teacher, you know, I did take courses in translation and it's nice to have a human translator available, but if you're facilitating, you know, communications between students or you want to send information and communicate with the families, like you don't necessarily have instant access to somebody who could speak all those languages. So having, you know, how many does ReadSpeaker have? I think, is it more than 50? It's a little more than 50, yes. And we're okay. voices and languages daily. So, yeah. Yep. Yes. So that is awesome. And even, you know, whenever a student's reading and it kind of highlights and the line and all of that, you know, those concepts, that was all kind of newer to me over the last couple of years. And it's great to know that you know, that is a focus that is important for the, you know, the companies and organizations that are out there for students. And so my next question, I have like two more questions for you here. Uh, I think I, I actually probably have five, but I'm going to go with two. But the one kind of ties into what we're talking about, you know, like there's some themes about you know having access to the right resources and there's all of these options that are out there. And then there's not enough time in the day. And there's the concern, like it's one more thing I have to do. So I know for me and in my school, you know, we have you know, different LMSs we can use in all the different schools. And so that has made things easier because everything's in that one space. So can you, for anybody who's listening about, can you talk about learning management systems and whether ReadSpeaker is something that can be installed at the LMS level so it doesn't have to be kind of enabled for all of the learning tools in a classroom? Sure, yeah. So an LMS or a learning management system is, and boy, I hope um, my friends at, um, at D2L, don't critique me on this. It's basically a platform that allows you to, to control an education environment and you can bring in, not only offer content and deliver that content in a very systematic way, but then it allows for the integration of third-party products like a read speaker. So you could have your publishing um, and, and, and then those contents. Probably the more popular um, LMSs, I would say in, in, in North America, um, probably the most popular one is Canvas, um, Brightspace by D2L. I like to mention them again. You have your Moodle, um, you have your Blackboard, which is now owned by Anthology, and then of course Schoology. Um, so those are, and then of course Google Education, which is in the more K-12 environment, and then Seesaw as you get into some of the lower ones. Um, Read Speaker, um, across the board with almost all of those, have some level of integration. With your Brightspace by D2L, we're actually built into it to where it can be turned on in like five seconds. That's how quick it is. So they're very committed to accessibility. Canvas, we have a plugin. Blackboard, we have integrations. 
Moodle, we also are a certified partner. So we have taken those steps and we did this pre-pandemic. So we were kind of ahead of the curve to where we knew online learning was going to come into the learning management system. And it was going to be, excuse me, into the online in the LMS vertical. And we, we foresaw that to where we then worked with our, not only the LMSs, but our other partners to be really compatible with the other products in that marketplace. So, you know, if you're doing proctoring exams, you know, and you need to have a lockdown browser, ReadSpeaker will work with that. So we, we did our due diligence there. And the LMS vertical has been something that we've been committed to in supporting um, more accessibility in those environments. Yeah, and that's that is a huge point, like a talking point, a selling point, whatever you want to call it for a lot of schools is I, you know, I did some um, work, had some conversations with some tech coaches from different schools in the United States about a year and a half ago, and they were doing some audits of the number of tools that were being used by teachers in their schools. Now, granted, some of the schools were, were really large, but there were some like that had over 400 and they weren't all necessarily, you know, they didn't have that where you could just log in. It was like every single time. So it really does streamline and make it a lot easier for teachers. And so for everybody to know that like it's in that one space and that you are actively, you know, engaging and making that process easier because that then eliminates one of those barriers, potential barriers that we were talking about earlier. Okay. So before we wrap up, last thing I want to ask you about, because I am, I love, the power of voice. I think it's so important whenever you, you know, exchange ideas, you have conversations and you get to know somebody and you hear their voice, but also talking about, you know, accessibility and all of the voices that are offered within ReadSpeaker with these custom voices. So uh, anything that you can share about the custom voices or how would, you know, the custom voice be used like in a K-12 setting? So custom voice is such an exciting time right now uh, because there's so many different initiatives. Um, custom voices use to not only create kind of that brand or that unique experience that you want, we're also offering and delivering more, let's say, diversity when it comes to um, text-to-speech to where you may want a voice that actually sounds or looks more like you when it comes to delivering that. So ReadSpeaker is a, um, a creator of text-to-speech, and we've worked with some amazing organizations like Spotify and Sonos, um, we just created one for a major um, testing organization to where they're creating two unique branded voices for their content. So they're going to be using that in an online learning environment in an LMS. They're going to be also integrating that with their pre-produced content or audio. So it's bringing everything together, but it's their own unique brand to where they're doing that in a K-12 environment. You could do a lot of different things with it. One, um, you can actually have a voice that represents your population, um, which I think is really key. Um, and then you can get into all different types of unique experience by providing a voice for the underserved, um, underrepresented. And then the one thing that I'm really excited as, I didn't talk about this in the beginning, but I was you know, a history teacher way, way back in the day. It's the ability to preserve languages through text-to-speech. So it could be some of the indigenous voices. Reed Speaker just did a voice for um, uh, for the Welsh language. Um, so we're preserving content by offering it via voice, um, which historically should be around almost forever once that, that is established. So the ability to create that um, 
you know, is probably our next stage for Reed Speaker going around. Think about all your famous alumni or famous students or anything of that nature, allowing that voice to represent um, that school and then be able to listen to that. Um, and I'll just end with this. A big fan of Star Wars growing up, big fan of other type of sci-fi, you can't tell by my background. But if I could have had a Mark Hamill or a Harrison Ford read to me, probably would be a doctor now, okay? <laughs> uh, just because it would be so much more engaging if we can yeah. take that. And once again, um, it's the ability to consume uh, content in a positive way, I think can go a real long way. Yeah, I, I love that. The the custom voices. I mean, just even, you know, for learning, you want it to be authentic and meaningful and you can connect with it. And so if you can hear it, I mean, I don't mind my voice so much, but if a student can in my Spanish class can hear something being read by somebody they're learning about and it really like it pulls you into that and immerses you in it more. And so you connect with it and you might make that more memorable. And I, I love your examples too. I'm a Star Wars fan as well. So just thinking about like, yeah, that would be kind of cool. I, I could remember history because I heard this person read and now I remember that because I connected with it or it resonated so well with me. So that's, there's a lot to know, but it's great to know that there, it, there are these resources available out there and not just specific to education either. Um, it just in the K-12 space, because sometimes you find the perfect tool and you're like, oh no, it's only good for like this grade band. So that is, uh, it's good to know. And I definitely recommend everybody go and check out all of the resources. But before we wrap up, anything else, Paul, that you would like to add uh, where people can check things out, anything else that they should know about ReadSpeaker? I think you know there's there's all different initiatives going on when it comes to text to speech. It isn't just the creation of audio. You have to have a path of delivering that, whether it's in a SDK or a website or in a SaaS environment to a little micro wearable. Um, ReadSpeaker is really doing an amazing job of offering delivering that text to speech in those environments. We know we know text to speech is everywhere. It isn't just the creation of it. It's how you're going to offer and deliver it. And I think that's what separates ReadSpeaker from anybody else. Um, you can visit us at ReadSpeakerWW.com. And, um, you know, we'd love to be able to support anything that anybody's looking at. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today and all the information and and the laughs, too, about the reading in the class and the, uh, the connection with some of the, the voices from like Star Wars and so forth. But I've enjoyed talking with you and learning more about ReadSpeaker. And I encourage all of the listeners to go and check it out. I'll be sure, like I said, to drop in some links so that you can find out more information uh, whenever you're, you need it. So thanks to Paul. Thanks to everybody for listening. And we will catch you the next time.